0: working on this and, and not just not rushing, just really having a good time with my son. And so here's our finished product. This is the uh, Lego Mountain Police Station on the left. Really cool. Comes with Mount Lion, off-road vehicle, motorcycle. Anyway, we can play Legos after service if you want, but we've had a lot of fun building Legos to start our 2020. Well it was last Sunday, about 830, I got a text from Leah. And uh, she said, "Hey, the police station is gonna need a little bit of work." Cringe emoji. And I thought, "Well, that's okay. That's what Legos are for. You can take them apart, and you can put them back together, and you can modify things, and and you could really just you can make Legos whatever you want them to be, and they're designed to be." put back together. And so I got home and I was excited to see what was going on. We were going to play some Legos that afternoon. And and I learned that what Leah meant what Leah meant when she said it's going to need a little bit of work is that we're actually going to have to build the thing again and start over. And so I I wanted a little bit of clarification. I wasn't mad or anything, but I wanted a little bit of clarification from Atticus as to what was going on. And so I said, "Hey, buddy, what what happened here? Because we had a mountain police station, and now we've got a a pile of Lego bricks. And he said, oh, very nonchalantly, responds to me, says, oh, dad, well, what happened was there was a giant 50-foot baby that came, and they just destroyed the whole thing. And and they were trying to destroy the town, and the police were protecting it. And the police did protect the town, but in the process, the police station was destroyed. And I thought, well, he's got a, a sense of duty and honor and and I mean certainly the police are heroes in this story and I'm going well how do you how do you have a corrective conversation and so I'm in in my mind I'm starting this dialogue of okay well that's all well and good but we have a lego set here and we want to make sure that you know when we when we play we don't lose pieces because then it won't go back together right and then it, it just won't work anymore and, and so I'm starting to formulate how this conversation's going to work, and then he drops this on me. He says, but that's okay, Dad. I know you can put it back together. Yeah. And, and so, so here's what happened. I, I learned in that moment that my son was just as invested in this Lego project as I was. The difference was he had absolute confidence in his dad. He believed that his dad could put it back together, and that gave him great freedom to play and explore. Hey, my name is Tony, and I'm one of the pastors here at Mount Tabor, and we are so glad that you're here. If we haven't met, hope we have the opportunity to do that after service today when you bring me your connection card in the lobby. Also want to say hey to everybody who's watching on Facebook Live this morning. We are glad that you are joining us. If you've got any questions about Tabor, feel free to send us a message. We'll be happy to work through those things with you. We are starting a new sermon series today called The Man in the Arena. We got the name from a famous speech that Theodore Roosevelt gave in 1910 at the French Military Institute called the Sarbon. Here's what he said. He said, it's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming? but who does actually strive to do the deeds who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best in the end knows the victory of high achievement and who at his worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place will never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. And church, what I'm telling you is this. Jesus is our man in the arena. And I want you to know that He came to make you whole. He came to make you whole. And if you believe that, it will give you great freedom as you live your life in Christ. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up to John chapter 1. I'm going to have it up here on the screen for you. So John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Here's what we read. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. John chapter 1, these first five verses is full of, of incredible theology that we could spend a lot of time explaining. But for our purposes today, I want to focus in on verse 4. John says, The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. So real quick, when John says the Word, uh, that's just his way of describing Jesus. He's talking about Jesus here. And what he tells us is that Jesus was active in this creation process. Jesus was active in creation. So Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus is working, not watching. Jesus is active in this process and in the very same sentence we read that his life, the time that Jesus spent in the arena with us on earth, his life brought light to everyone. And so here if I could just sum up verse 4, here's what John is saying. In the beginning Jesus gave life To everyone. In the arena, Jesus gave new life to everyone who wants it. And that's an incredible work. That's an incredible contrast and explanation of what Jesus came to do. He came to make you whole. He came to make you whole. He came to give you new life. But here's the deal. You've got to want new life. You've got to believe that you need new life. But what do we mean by new life? Because that, and that, that's kind of a, a churchy thing to say. I want new life. What do we mean by new life? And, and maybe some of you have this idea, or like, okay, if I want to follow Jesus, then I've got to leave my, my home and my job and my family and get rid of my car and all of these things. That's not what we're talking about here. When Jesus says he came to give new life, what he's talking about is being freed from the sin that has enslaved us. You have to say goodbye to the sin that's been holding you down, the sin that's been a shadow in your life for many years. It's been there every time you've sat down for your lunch break in your mind. It's been following you, and you would love more than anything to be rid of it, but you just don't know how. And what I'm saying is that Jesus came to bring new life, free from that shadow of sin that's been following you everywhere you've gone. Jesus came to give new life. And that new life starts with forgiveness of sin. Because when we boil it down, the reason we keep it in the shadows is because somewhere deep within us, we are ashamed. We're ashamed of whatever it is. And we somehow feel that the things we've done are unforgivable. So we let it stay in the shadows. And we let the shadow follow us. And we tell somebody, but we're scared of what they might think. And we would seek help, but we're scared that somebody might abandon us. What Jesus is saying is, I have come to make you whole. I have come to give you new life. Jesus came to forgive sins. And so when we ask for a new life, Jesus starts by saying, I forgive you. I forgive you. All of the sins you've committed, completely and eternally forgiven. That's good news. But but understand, that's just the first part. So if we are forgiven of our sins, if we are freed from our sin, if we are freed from our sin, we are also free to go back to our sin. You hear what I'm saying? If we are free from our sin, we also have the freedom to return to our sin. And frankly, that happens a lot because we're people and we have long-standing patterns of behavior and we have thought processes and rituals and patterns of our lives and those things don't just Magically change overnight. We are free from our sin, but we're also free to return to our sin. And so in the same moment that Jesus says, I forgive you, he also says, I'm gonna give you my spirit to lead you in further and further from sin and closer and closer to truth. You are forgiven of your sins and you are given the gift of Holy Spirit. Jesus came to make you whole. He came to make you whole. Verse 6, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself, he wasn't the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And I don't want you to miss this description of what Jesus came to do. Verse 10, He came into the very world He created He stepped into the arena, but the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And so here's what John is saying. Jesus stepped into the arena to make us whole. And to everyone who believes in Him, He has given the right to be called children of God. Jesus came to make us whole. You know what will make you whole? You know what will make you whole? It's not a better job. It's not more pay. It's not being appreciated more at home. It's none of those things. And you can pursue those things in, in, in the pursuit of happiness, but they will continually over and over again disappoint you. The thing that will make you whole is a restored relationship with God. That is the only thing that will make you whole. And I'm telling you this, it's fine if you want to continue to pursue other things, and that's fine, there's nothing wrong with those things, but understand that ultimately they will not fulfill you, they will not give you satisfaction, and you will always need more. The only thing that will make you whole is a restored relationship with God. And I don't know if you've ever had a family member that you fought with, uh, i Sure you have but I don't know if you've ever had a family where you fought with so much that you've just stopped talking to them. And initially, that silence, it seems like a solution. I just don't talk to them, and everything will be fine. But what we find over time is that that silence is more of a punishment to ourselves than it is a solution to our problems. Initially, you think it's fine, I don't have to deal with them, to deal with your craziness, your selfishness. But in time, we find that silence is a punishment on ourselves more than a solution to our problems. And the broken relationship begins to weigh heavier and heavier on our own shoulders. It kind of reminds me of a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 15. There's a son, and uh, he's got a brother, and his father's father is a successful businessman. And uh, this younger son goes to his father one day and he says, Dad, you are dead to me. Give me my portion of the inheritance and I'm going to leave this awful town. I hate it here. I'm going to go make my own way in the world. And so this obviously crushes the father. He is devastated by this, but he gives him his money, gives him his portion of the inheritance and the son goes off and uh, the father watches from the driveway with tears in his eyes. As his son leaves. And so the son goes and uh, he begins to push down the memory of his family. And push down the memory of his hometown. And he covers it up with his own desires. And all of the things that he wants to do. He denies himself of nothing. And he begins to cover up the memory of his home with that. The father doesn't do that. The father instead sits by the window in the morning with his coffee and he's just looking for a glimpse of his son that he somehow knows isn't going to come. And he just spends his mornings waiting by the window looking for his son. Well, eventually this this boy who denies himself nothing finds himself in the position of having nothing. Nothing. And and so maybe that's a different parable for life. If you deny yourself nothing, you'll end up with nothing. But, but here's where the son finds himself. He can't even afford to feed himself. And so he's working for other people doing menial labor. And even still, he can't afford to feed himself. And he thinks, and even the servants in my dad's house have enough to eat. And he begins to uncover the memories of his home. and He begins to think, maybe I could go back to my father's house. Obviously, I am unworthy to be called a son, but maybe I could just go back as a slave and work in my father's house because even the slaves have enough to eat. And he knows that he's broken. He knows that he is ashamed and he knows that he is unworthy but his plan is to ask for scraps. When the father looks out his window and he sees his son returning, he gets up and he runs to him. See, it turns out that broken, ashamed, and unworthy mean nothing to a loving father. I don't know if you've ever had a a family member that you fought with so much that you stopped talking to each other. But if you have, you know it hurts. You, you try and run from it. You try and downplay it. You try to suppress it with other things. But the reality is, the hole created by a broken relationship can only be filled with reconciliation. The hole the, the, the created by a broken relationship can only be filled with Reconciliation. And here's what John's telling us. Sin destroys our relationship with God, but to all who believe Him and accept Him, He gives the right to become children of God. God can make you whole. That's what Jesus stepped into the arena to do. They are reborn, not, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God Himself. This new birth, it's It's baptism. It, The book of Colossians, Paul describes baptism this way. He says, you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So if we believe and accept Jesus, baptism is our response. That forgiveness of sins that we talked about earlier, that the gift of Holy Spirit to lead us towards truth and away from sin, those things are given in baptism. And so here's what I'm saying. If we accept that we need Jesus to make us whole, we submit to baptism. And that's where our new relationship with Christ begins. But, but that's, that's just it begins. Their baptism is a beginning. It's not the end goal. It is a starting line. It's a starting line. I want to go back to verse 14. I want to read it to you in a different translation because I, I think it shows us something important about how Jesus lived when he was in the arena. And that's what our goal is now, that we are followers of Christ, to join him in the arena Because again, baptism isn't our end goal, it is our starting line. So verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So if our goal is to live life like Jesus in the arena, then we are to be people who are full of grace and truth. Because one without the other is always dangerous. Can I say that again to you? We are to be full of grace and truth because one without the other is always dangerous. Always dangerous. So if you have grace without truth, you end up with lawlessness. You end up with lawlessness because people know they can just do whatever they want, whenever they want to, and there's going to be any accountability or consequences, and they'll just, they'll just be shown grace. That's okay. It's no big deal. And and, and you'll end up with lawlessness because there are no consequences you remember what Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery? He says, I don't condemn you either. That's grace. That's not where the sentence ends. He says, but go and sin no more. That's truth. Or in Romans chapter 6, Paul asks the question, well, should we continue sinning so that grace may increase? May it never be. You've got to remember that you who died to sin cannot walk in sin any longer. Grace without truth, is always going to lead to lawlessness. And the opposite is true. Truth without grace is always going to lead to legalism. Because what we'll end up doing is holding people to unattainable standards and then condemning them for inevitable failures. Because if we really want truth, here it is. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God in His grace Freely makes us right in his sight. That's why Jesus stepped into the arena. To make us right in God's sight. To make us whole. He came to defeat the enemy of sin by living a sinless life. And He came to defeat the enemy of death by rising from the grave and to all who believe and accept Him, He has given the right to be called children of God. Jesus came to make you whole no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. Jesus came to make you whole. And I want to show you what that looks like today. I want to show you what that looks like. On February 28th, 2019, 23-year-old Brenton Wynn was arrested in Conway, Arkansas. He was arrested because he broke into a church, vandalizing it, causing more than $100,000 in damage. The following Monday, the senior pastor from the church, Don Chandler, went and spoke with the prosecutor. And Chandler knew that the godly response was to offer forgiveness. He said in an interview... You can't preach something for 50 years and then not do it. Had we not shown grace to him, everything we talked about and encouraged would have gone by the wayside. It was simple. It was the right thing to do. This boy wasn't a hardened criminal. This was a young man who had made bad choices. He'd made mistakes. He was on drugs when he did this. But we knew he was redeemable. I love that last line. We knew He was redeemable. So over the next few weeks, Chandler is working with the prosecutors and Mr. Wynn's lawyer, and they continued to discuss what they could do to help the young man in a meaningful way. And the judge at the time, he was a board member at a place called Renewal Ranch. It was a 12-month faith-based recovery program for people dealing with addictions. And And the judge gave Wynn an option. He could either go to jail, he was looking at potentially 20 years, or he could go to Renewal Ranch for a year and then spend the next three years on probation. Not surprisingly, Wynn chooses Renewal Ranch. And it was six months later, he's in the program, and Mr. Wynn becomes convinced of his need for Jesus as a Savior. He was convicted during one of the Wednesday evening Bible studies that Renewal Ranch held. And so that that same night, he was baptized at the Central Baptist Church of Conway, Arkansas. The same church that he had vandalized six months earlier. Listen. Jesus came to make you whole. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus came to make you whole. My son had absolute confidence that I could put his Lego blocks back together, and it gave him great freedom. I need you to know today that your father came to make you whole, and I need you to trust him that he can put you back together free from the sin that has enslaved you for so long, empowered by the Holy Spirit to lead you into truth. If you need to trust Him in that way today, I hope you'll make that commitment. I hope that you will say that I need Jesus as my Lord so that you can be given the right to be called a child of God. We're going to sing a song together. Luke's going to lead us in that. And if you need to make that decision today, I hope you will. We can baptize you today. But let's stand together and sing. sing, it's called Waymaker, it sings about all the things that Jesus does for us, it makes a way to the Father, keeps His promises, He's a light in the darkness, so let's sing Waymaker.